You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm very eager and excited to chat with Ben Worthen. Ben is the CEO of the Message Lab, of Message Lab, excuse me, not the Message Lab, just Message Lab, an award-winning agency that combines journalism, data, and design to create content that resonates with any audience. Having studied how more than 1 million people engage with online content, Ben is the go-to expert when it comes to customer engagement and brand storytelling. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Great. So for those loyal listeners who might not know who you are, your background, a little a little bit about you and your business, how you got to where you are today would be helpful. Yeah. So, I, you know, my formative professional experiences, I was a newspaper reporter, uh, you know, ink stained hands, you know, pouring through the copy. I worked at the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and, you know, and, and, and for me, it was formative because I got to learn what makes a great story. The thing that I had, the experience I had all the time was I would find something that I was interesting. Like people would pay me to be curious and go off and find cool things and write about them. But then I also had editors who would stand over my shoulder and just sort of ask me relentlessly, why does anybody care? Why does anybody care? Why does anybody care? And, you know, the old saw about you do something 10,000 times and you can kind of do it instinctively. And that's, that, that's what happened to me. Uh, I had this training about, you know, thinking about, well, how can I make this interesting to an audience? What do they need to know? But how can I tell it in a way that's going to engage them? And that became the launch pad for the second phase of my career. Now, I'll also confess that as a journalist, you sort of develop a healthy disdain for marketing. Uh, it feels, you know, it, you know, it, it just feels like the schlocky version of what you're trying to say, um, you know, in terms of engaging people. And what's been so fun for me and exciting about this next phase is that I've had to learn, you know, because we do marketing, you know, Message Lab, we we deliver journalism in the form of, or we deliver marketing in the form of journalism. And, and so I've had to bridge the two worlds. And it's been, I've had to learn the rigor that goes into the discipline of, you know, marketing, um, loyalty, which is obviously the topic of this podcast, is a concept that, as a you know reporter writing articles, I wasn't really thinking about. Uh, but it, but it's much the same way. And so, for me and for Message Lab, the journey has been: how do you take the storytelling techniques that matter in a newsroom that you learn in a newsroom about how do you take a story and use that to deliver a message and make it relevant to a person and anchor against. Are you providing value for the person who's reading it? Because again, people buy a newspaper or see content online, they pay for it because it's valuable and that's sort of it. But then how do you use that in service of a marketing message? How do you tap all of the things that are important about marketing? Meaning, can you measure its impact? Can you gauge whether it's increasing people's loyalty? Is it shaping behavior? And all of that and pulling them together. So that's what Message Lab tries to do uh, between the storytelling, the data, and the experiences that we try to create. And, you know, as we, have, I have gone off and segued into the rest of my career, it's been the galvanizing force about the things that I'm interested in exploring. Great. Well, as our listeners know, I'm a big advocate for storytelling because people do remember stories. You know, when you mention stories and it has uh, explicit details about the story, that's what you're going to remember. So um, for those younger 
listeners, um, a print newspaper. They used to take the internet on a <laughs> daily basis. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. Actually, that's probably not true. I think it's making a comeback. A buddy of mine is actually in the LP uh, business. He He's actually making a little side hustle from old style LPs, vinyl records. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, but anyway, funny. I digress. So getting on the loyalty subject, um, I ask all of our guests the very first question, what does loyalty mean to you, Ben? And and if you can answer in the form of a story, that would be super helpful. Sure. Um, I, I was trying to think of a better example about this uh, in terms of my own life. And it's hard to, to, to come up with those. I'm just going to go with it. Um, you know, for me, loyalty comes from sort of having had a meaningful interaction, uh, phase one. Uh, you know, is is there, do I take something away, there's something broader than just the transaction? Uh, and, and two, do I kind of believe in it? You know, is it value aligned? Is my worldview sort of, you know, am I doing something that is sort of psychologically fulfilling to me, you know, in addition to engaging in a transaction? So I have little kids. And we believe in having, you know, healthy food in our family. And, you know, the reality is, is that making a decision about is this healthy, is that healthy on an item by item basis in the supermarket, it's like impossible, right? You know, everything has these labels of like all natural, that sort of thing. So I take a shortcut. We shop at Whole Foods. And that's the thing I was, I'm going to say it, I'm going to own it. You know, we do our grocery shopping at Whole Foods. And, and part of the reason is because, you know, I believe in the mission of healthy food. And I understand that from that store, that's one of the missions that I'm going to have. You know, when I think about other loyalty moments that I have, you know, it's more local, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, it's people who I feel like I have a relationship with that transcends the service that's being delivered. Uh, a lot of neighborhood stores or service providers that I engage with on a daily basis or, or even, you know, monthly, bi-monthly or whatever it is. Um, but, but those are the things that, are, are meaningful to me. Mm. Well, you know, you mentioned Whole Foods and I have one literally less than a mile from my house. And when I lived in New York, I never had one. There may have been one, but it wasn't really close. So I never went. And I went, started going here and I love it just because it's so easy to find everything. But I get what you're saying. They, there's a corporate culture, I think a culture around the, the store that resonates healthy foods. Right now, you could probably still get chocolate covered something, something in there, I'm sure. Yeah, my, my kids can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they'll find it. But nonetheless, um, I, I do find it inviting in that respect. And I did a little study, too, just for kicks. Um, somebody told me, oh, they're, they're way more expensive. But that's not really actually true. If you look at the prices, you know, they may be an extra three or 4% in certain areas, but they're less in, in other areas. You know what I mean? So it's, and the food is super fresh, especially in their, um, in their uh, meat section, the, 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 it's, they have like a side of beef there and they cut it right for you. It's, it's excellent. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting hungry right now. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this on the flip side, Ben, loyalty is either gained or it's, I don't want to say pushed away, but there's companies that you may have been loyal to and not any longer. And I think it's also helpful for our listeners to hear what might be the wrong thing to do in terms of trying to gain loyalty from someone like yourself. So what would be a story that you might be able to share that said, you know, I used to like this company, but they did this and they never got me back. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I'll describe experiences. And if people can figure out who it is based on some of the experiences they've had, so be it. But I would say, you know, the there's there's two categories, and it's almost the inverse of what I was describing earlier. One is when someone is just selling me a product. Uh, you know, if it's just a product, it's a widget, you know, a computer, uh, something like that, paper, reams of paper. You know, like I, all I'm doing at that point is I don't have any loyalty to the company behind it. I'm just trying to buy a product mm -hmm. and it doesn't represent something other than a ream of paper or a piece of metal or something like that. So, so there's a whole category of people who I've bought stuff from maybe even multiple, multiple times, but I don't have any loyalty towards, right? I don't, I don't feel like I have a relationship there. And then the other ones are just ones where I feel like they're behaving badly. You know, I've had banks that have had my account and they, you know, they change it and they tweak it and then there's a fee and there's this sort of thing. And it's like, it's so hard to change your bank account. And so usually what happens is I would just stew and be so angry about this experience that I was having for a while until I just burst. And then only then, you know, do I take action and change my bank account. But like, you know, but it doesn't mean that I haven't had a horrible disloyalty causing experience along the way based on the things that honestly, for me, it feels like they're just prioritizing, you know, their own experience, their profits usually, or mm -hmm. something like that, but something that's important to them organizationally above, you know, the things that are important to me as a customer, um, to the degree to which it seems as though they're not even thinking about my experience as a customer. Yeah, I, I concur. I mean, I think the airline industry is notorious for that. They're making right. money on these fees for extra stuff. And, you know, I would say probably 75% of the guests that we've had in the program, we talk about Southwest Airlines and the biggest advantage that they have is the bags fly free. And it may seem inconsequential, but like you said, psychologically, even if it's more expensive mm -hmm. than it would be if I went on a budget airline like Frontier or Spirit and had to pay the extra $30 and collectively it comes out to be less. It's just the mentality of them trying to nickel and dime me that I'm like, ah, oh, geez, you know, it's just, it's annoying. Yeah. Right. So uh, that that's one thing, you know, especially in an industry like that, you know, where it's, I don't want to say it's commoditized, but you know, you just want to get from point A to point B, generally speaking, you know, you, you're doing a big trip, you're going to splurge on on business class or first class going overseas or something like that, then it's a little bit different. But anyway, getting back to the loyalty aspect, what is what is something that you would consider in from a, a business standpoint? Now, you, your agency does what, what does it specifically do? Ben? Yeah, so so we are a content marketing agency. We make content that people want to engage with. And we do a little bit more than that, meaning you know, we have a specific focus when it comes to the kind of content, which is it's designed to engage and not to sell. So for us, it's almost like our mindset is loyalty begins before someone becomes a customer. We want to sell them on our ideas before we sell them on our product. And in fact, we use the metaphor of an idea store. We are we are trying to take your product. We're trying to take the world in which you're selling things. And we're trying to layer on top of that, the classic funnel, if you will, a whole new layer that we call this idea store layer. And we're trying to build things that that are assets, articles, videos, podcasts, whatever it is, that represent your ideas that we can share to the world that people are gonna get and they're gonna appreciate it. And the reason they're gonna appreciate it is because it's valuable for them. It's, it was intended to, to engage them. It was intended to entertain them. It was intended to inform them. And it wasn't intended to get them to buy something. I mean, someone might, 
you know, there's always a link that says buy now, but that's not the goal. That's not the purpose. The purpose is for you to have a really good experience. And then what we do is we try to go out and we try to make sure that the stuff that we're making gets in front of the people that you're trying to reach, you know, um, like we'll have B2B software companies as a client, for instance. And like my mom who loves me dearly, she'll, you know, she'll click on anything that, that message lab created. And like, she's not about to go off and buy a whole lot of business software. Right. So it's really important that we make sure that the people that, that we're reaching the right people, but then that's what we try to do. We just try to get them to become loyal customers of our ideas. We try to get them to come back to the podcast. We try to get them to come back for another article, uh, this cool data visualization. We try to update it with new data. So they have it for them to come back there with the idea being that if they understand what you're about, you know, if you've done something valuable for them, it's that meaningful interaction. It's like when I went to our local vet and she was so helpful to me, you know, as we were putting our dog down, I'm never going to another vet. You know, you're not having that depth of experience with someone in an online world, but you can make them be someone who shares your worldview. You can, you can create something that's valuable to, for them. And that's going to count for something. And then what we find is that those people are more likely to buy from you later on. And they're more likely to be better customers over the long term later on as well. Well, you got to remind me to make sure that you give your mom the link to the podcast so she can listen. To <laughs> she will. Yes. <laughs> so um, that, that leads me into my next question, Ben. And that is, as an agency in that case, because I'm sure there's other agencies that are listening into the podcast. What do you do to attract and retain your customers? Obviously, you know, you're going to provide the best possible service you can and things like that. But you know, and again, I feel for you having to put your dog down. We did it a couple of months ago. We're in one of our Goldens and it's traumatic. But yeah, we 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 love the vet that we go to just for that reason. That's, you know, a different type of relationship. But when, you yeah. come, when it comes back to, you know, business, there's agencies up the yin yang. Why would someone come back to you? In you know, how, how do you think about retaining that loyal customer, creating the coming back to you? Yeah, I think we, to be flip about it, we often say, you know, come for the great storytelling and then stay for the data. Uh, what we believe is that if you try to engage with people the way that we're talking about, meaning make something that's valuable for them, do something, it's not salesy. There's all kinds of non-sales moments that we inhabit in the world. And, you know, in a, in a sales message isn't going to get through because I'm just not a customer right now, a person. And And if you can engage with people in those moments when they're people, you know, that's that's the creative part of Message Lab. That's what we make. And there's a lot of people who do things. We like to think we're better at making things than they are, but that's wholly subjective, right? The thing that I think we can do and the reason that people stay with Message Lab in particular is that we've invested a lot of time and energy to try to make the connections through data to what are the outcomes that matter? Because, you know, if you're a marketer, it's really hard for you to go to your CEO at the end of the year and your performance review and say like slide one, like we made a lot of people feel really good. You know, I mean, like you're not getting promoted. And especially if you're a marketer and you're, and you're really, you know, concerned about concepts of loyalty and customer experience and so forth. And then there's another team over here that's like, well, we can put a million dollars into targeted Facebook ads and it's going to generate $1.5 million in revenue, right? I mean, they're like reducing the experience to a math problem. And, and, and if you can't similarly, you know, quantify the impact of loyalty, quantify the impact of engagement and connect it, maybe not in quite the same way that those other teams are, but by showing 
that people who engage with your content three times are more likely to become a customer. Um, that those people who have five meaningful engagements, like who stay and consume and spend time with your ideas, you know, they stay, they become, they're more valuable customers from a sort of a net revenue standpoint or a lifetime value standpoint, you know? And so, so we've invested a lot of time to sort of make sure that we have the architecture and the back end in place that we can show that to our clients. And then the ones that stick around, the ones that we have long-term relationships with are the ones who, you know, are seeing it. And, and for them in particular, it becomes a great way to win allies in the organization because of people, because everybody, you know, look, everybody likes a good story, you know, as you said at the outset here, right? Um, but what gets funded is a good story that gets results. <laughs> right. But tracking those results, like you say, and I, I get it because I, you know, I, I had an online casino back in 97 and, you know, through 2010 and ideas would come at, at us left and right. And we would say, okay, well, what do we need to do in order to validate a spend on yeah. a marketing campaign? How do we quantify that, you know, spending a million dollars on this year long campaign is going to pay off in, in dividends that is going to generate a positive ROI. And yeah. it, that, that's the difficulty in creating brand with, with people recognizing your brand and, and kind of, uh, you know, saying I'm going to come back more often, more frequently and spend more money, but in, the numbers have to show it. So right. how do you, how do you answer that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would say at the beginning, this is sort of the mindset which we used at the outset was, you know, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not possible. <laughs> you know, it just means that you can't do it the same way as everybody else is doing it. And so I'll tell you, I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky because, you know, you made the joke about how, Let's explain to the kids what a newspaper is. But you're right. Everything is digital these days. And because it's digital, you can track it. And I don't mean like creepy, this is Rob, you know, and so forth kind of way. But 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 being able to look at experiences in aggregate and then being able to look at, okay, you know, this person came here and they spent two minutes reading an article, which is good. Um, you know, did the, did the people in mass who came and spent two minutes reading behave differently than people who came and spent five seconds reading? You know, and, and behave differently means were they more likely to come back another time? Um, if they came back, what did they do? You know, and and or then even reverse engineering from the outcomes and being able to say like the thing, the conversion that we want to have happen online, it's a sale, let's say, because like people buy stuff online now too. It's all digital, right? You can connect the tissue from in many cases, many businesses, or did they become a qualified lead because they filled this thing out? You know, can we can we figure out? You know, sure. You know, you're not going to you know, read the really cool article and then like immediately switch your mindset in many cases to be like, oh, I want to buy a swimming pool, you know, <laughs> um, let's install that right now. Or like, you know, Airbnb is, is another example where it's like, you can read the cool, uh, like, or any travel company, like, you know, you read an amazing story or watch an amazing video about this inspirational trip. But like, if you're not going on vacation, you're not booking an Airbnb, you know, it's like, you know, and so, but can you figure out whether that behavior happens over time you know you just have to break time and space a little bit and, and luckily analytics you know can be configured to do that you just have to sort of break the pattern of you know did somebody read this thing and then when they got to the bottom click the link to hit buy now because people just don't work that way you know it's it's a it's a longitudinal relationship that breaks time and space and people's mindset is different and so forth and so on so, so part of what we do on the back end is working with our clients to help them look at the right data points. 
And would you say the majority of your clients are um, land-based moving into the digital space or have been started at digital and always digital? Oh, that's a great question. Um, a lot of the companies that we work with are digital. Um, now, I mean, they're real companies with real people and real products that you can go off and buy, but they have established digital presences where now that doesn't mean that they're mature when it comes to digital. And I think one of the things that we see all the time is that everything digital is still so new for everyone. It doesn't even matter if you're, you know, Google or Facebook or some, you know, company that was born digitally or whether, you know, you're selling brooms and only beginning to migrate onto the internet. And so I don't think we've ever seen an example where someone is, you know, has the technical infrastructure in place to do good digital storytelling, to do good measurement, to do good distribution. Um, and, and also people don't tend to have the processes in place to do it too, because it's hard organizationally to do things that are new. It's, I think it's like a truism, you know, especially if it's a big organization. So, um, but, but the things that we do aren't technically complicated and, and from a process standpoint, they're different and they're new, but they aren't necessarily hard either. And so everything is implementable and everything is learnable. Um, and I think that's one of the nice things about, I mean, honestly, what we're really talking about is something that's really simple. You're making something that people are going to like, and then you're trying to watch and observe about whether they liked it. And then you're trying to watch and observe about, okay, what do they do next? And so it can be, it can be simple, but it requires some communication. It does require some work. Hmm. So do you do the research prior to for, uh, for and on behalf of your client to understand like what the story message should be? What, how do you lead a potential prospect down a path to make their own decision? Right? Yeah. So that's where the, that's where the journalism part comes in, you know, by, you know, so our team comes from like the New York times and Bloomberg and the wall street journal and places like that. And by no means do I believe that you have to have worked at a, news organization like that to be a good storyteller, but it helps. It's good training. They've all been people who like me have had someone behind their shoulders saying like, well, why do I care? Why do I care? And, you know, and we tend to sort of unleash this team of really curious, good storytellers on our clients and, and say like, let's go off and figure out, let's talk to people, you know, find out what the people who they're trying to reach care about and um, and the topics that they're interested in. And let's just try to find cool angles and cool stories that we can tell that are anchored to then this is where that marketing rigor comes in. Like, you know, our clients have goals, they have communications goals, they have business goals and so forth. But like, let's just, let's just collect the tissue. Let's, let's run what they're trying to say through the filter of some cool story that we find that we can make someone care about. Cool, gotcha. All right. So let me ask you this. Um, what sort of actionable advice do you think you could give our listeners that they could implement in short order with or without coming into an agency, but what they could do right now to create uh, and attract and retain more customers? Yeah, I would say think outside the sale um, is the first thing. Um, you know, your customers are people and in their only uh, I mean, this is a narrow reductive thinking, but, but, you know, they're not, they're only a customer when they're trying to buy something and they're a person all of the time. And if you think about how do you have a relationship with them that allows you to have meaningful interactions with them, whether it's an email, whether it's a phone call, because it's person to person, whether it's something else that's in a non-sales moment, you know, if you 
if, if you can have, if you can take advantage of those moments, you can have a much more, uh, you know, loyalty inducing kind of relationship with someone because it's just more expansive. There's more opportunities in your, there's more moments for you to create something of value for them than just when you're trying to sell them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I started this podcast to a year and a half ago was, you know, to, you know, I started a loyalty business when I started the casino back in 97 because I didn't have one and I built it and I understood how people think and reaching out to people for another product that we had developed in 2017. It was exactly that. It was like, who really cares? I've got yeah. too many things going on in, in my own life to think about something like this. So now what we did with the, the podcast was just to kind of let people think about loyalty in a different way, create loyalty yeah. with people. People do business with people they like, right? So we create relationships and then foster those relationships into pos possibly positive, meaningful business uh, re results in the future for a win-win. Right. So, yeah. I mean, this is a perfect example, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I got the idea from listening to a podcast. It was called Me to Be. God, I can't believe I'm blowing the name now. Uh, it was a B2B sales thing or something like that. And he said, stop selling. That's the best yeah. way to sell is to stop selling. I said, okay, so that's what we've done. So anyway, listen, I we, we, we try to wrap these up in about 30 minutes because they're bite-sized pieces that people are listening to on their lunch break or you know on their ride home. So I want to thank you for listening, but, uh, for joining me. But I want to, uh, if listeners want to get a hold of you, Ben, what's the best way they could do that? Uh, I am at uh, messagelab.com is our website. I'm ben at messagelab.com. Pretty easy. Uh, and you can just look me up at LinkedIn. Just type Ben Worthen into LinkedIn. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank our loyal listeners for sending uh, spending some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received some value from the show, we would appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. If you think you know someone else who might enjoy listening to the show, please do share. That's how we grow, including Ben's mom's, who's going to be a listener. Uh, to reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.